Why Humans Avoid War, Part 5, written by Space Paladin 15, read by Daniel Million. Word of the Terrans' decisive victory over the Devourers had finally leaked out to the press. Someone inside our ranks had given the network highly classified footage from the battlefield, as well as a transcription of the day's Senate session. It could be said that the media reaction was a bit hysteric. The video was played on every channel for hours, with some stations showing the fleet's disintegration in slow motion. Commentators discussed what the turn of events meant for the Federation, and what we should think of the humans at length. I flipped on Federation News Central's feed, listening in on a roundtable of political scientists. Do you really believe that the Terrans would make such a weapon in good faith? What stops them from turning on us the second we get on their bad side? It's completely against the spirit of the Federation's charter, said one Tajili pundit. The Zanuck waved a tentacle in disagreement. They haven't attacked us yet, which I think says something. We have no reason to suspect that they will. Perhaps it would be wise not to get on their bad side? So we just supposed to let them do whatever they want? The Tajili shot back. As long as it doesn't affect us, I say yes. For the record, the Zanuck Republic voted against Speaker Eula's reckless proposal. Speaking of Eula, where is she? Has anyone even heard from her since she sent our soldiers to die? I sighed. The Zanuck wasn't wrong about my absence from the airwaves. Eventually, I would have to make a statement on the incident and talk to the press. But for now, my priority was to gauge public perception and to monitor the status of the fleet we had sent to Earth. That mission required my full attention, especially given the ramifications of direct confrontation with the humans. The general had gone radio silent since entering the Soul System, ignoring the regular check-ins of Central Command. As much as we hated to consider it, it was possible that the fleet had defected to the Terran side. The three military species had been rather staunch opponents of the mission, after all. Our remote sensors had detected a handful of human ships warping towards Devourer territory a few hours ago. We would know soon enough if they had gone through with their antimatter bombing raid. There was no sense in scrambling more fighters to pursue them when they wouldn't arrive in time to make a difference. It would help to quell my nerves if only I knew what was going on out there. At best, the general had allowed the humans to pass against his orders. Not that I could honestly blame him for avoiding a one-sided battle. The option that the Terrans had attacked the fleet was ruled out by the automated computer reports flowing in. Zero damage was recorded to any of the ships by the status monitors, so it seems the craft were still operational. Yet, inexplicably, they had come to a standstill just out of missile range of Earth. I couldn't imagine what the general was doing if it wasn't defecting. A distraction from the situation would certainly be welcome, if only I could find a channel that wasn't talking about the Terrans. I switched over to Galactic Broadcast, who were interviewing a retired human general by video link. Be justified. I only caught the end of the interviewer's question. The human shrugged. You have to be prepared for anything. That nanite bomb was only built and used as a last resort. Most of our weapons are like that. Stuff we have lying around just in case. The interviewer glanced down at her notes. The Federation sees humanity as dangerous, out of control. Given the Terran Union's plan to wipe out an entire race, why should we believe that your weapons are a last resort, as you say? The Federation seems to forget that the stakes of this war are our entire galaxy our entire way of life. The last thing I needed right now was to hear a human string together some justification for mass murder. I clicked over to the Daily Rundown, resigning myself to watch another segment on Terran morality. 
A breaking news banner was ticking across the bottom of the screen. Terran Union releases official statement was the headline. Well, this was actually interesting. Perhaps they would provide some answers about the fate of our fleet, or it could be a simple announcement that they had dropped the antimatter bombs on the Devourer homeworld. After a day of silence, disregarding questions even from their closest allies, the Terran Union is finally speaking out about the events that transpired at the Battle of Serana System. Their statement reads as follows. Humanity takes its duty to protect its friends and the Federation very seriously, and we would go to any length to keep our galaxy safe. We regret that many of you misunderstand our intentions and hope that in time you will see us as friends again. After the battle, our forces were able to capture a devourer prisoner alive and interrogate him. The situation is much more severe than we thought. It seems we are dealing with a hostile artificial intelligence. We ask that our allies in the Federation work with us to determine our next course of action. I blinked in confusion. Were the humans implying that the devourers were an artificial intelligence rather than a sapient species? We had not even considered that, given that their ships appeared to originate from one planet assumed to be their homeworld. If the Terran Union was telling the truth, I was a lot less opposed to the original plan of blowing the enemy to smithereens. My holopad indicated an incoming transmission on our military frequency. The relief washed over me as I realized it was contact from the fleet, and I answered. Command, this is General Kylon of the Jatari Confederacy. General, where have you been? You've missed multiple check-ins and left us completely in the dark about your status, I snarled. Oh, hello, Madam Speaker. The general seemed hesitant to answer. I was on board the Terran flagship. They captured one of the devourers alive, and I accepted their offer to sit in on the interrogation. My eyes widened in disbelief. You did what? What were you thinking? What if the humans had taken you hostage? You left your post abandoned to consort with a dangerous enemy. With all due respect, Madam Speaker, the humans are not our enemy. Not unless you make them one, he replied. I think you need to set aside your personal bias on this matter. It's clouding your judgment. General, you'd do well to do less thinking and more following orders. Command is not asking for your opinion. I could hear the anger seeping into my tone. I learned about this whole prisoner business from the news before I heard it from you. What is this about an artificial intelligence? The general took a deep breath as if to calm himself. The devourers are actually an advanced species that was enslaved by an AI they built. If they don't go along with helping it take over the universe, they're killed. The humans want to try to free them. How do they propose to accomplish that? I asked. They're still working on a plan, but they want our help. They asked us to send some of our Vortex stealth ships, whatever that. Those are highly classified. How do the Terrans even know about them? Obviously, they're spying on us. You still think they're our friends? Madam Speaker, I do. They saved my life and the lives of my men, and I won't soon forget that. I don't see how it hurts to help them. It should be clear to someone of your intelligence what valuable allies they are. The thinly veiled attempt at flattery would not work this time. Of course, I had believed that it was better to have the Terran Union on our side at first. This was the same species that I had worked hand-in-hand hand with to finalize treaties and maintain peace. It had been difficult to reconcile that with the depiction of cold-hearted killers given by our messenger. But ever since I heard Ambassador Johnson's emotionless rationale for genocide, it seemed better to keep them as distant as possible. Humanity's true colors were just too ugly and disgusting. A sad smile crossed my face. 
I never want to work with humans again. They are savages. Savages that masquerade as saints. It's not about the humans. This is what you wanted, right? To save the devourers? Well, yes, but we don't need any help from... And frankly, Madam Speaker, if you keep up this crusade against the Terran Union, you're going to lose the fleet. The general's voice had lowered to just above a whisper. The Xanak barely went along with these orders. And if you don't give the humans what they want, you're looking at an outright mutiny. If the Xanak rebel, the Jatari and the Hoda'al would probably follow close behind. I recalled the words of the Xanak on the news. His disdain for me in the Senate had been evident, and he had almost been acting as an apologist for humanity. Aggravating the Terran Union would have severe economic consequences for the Xanak Republic, so it was no wonder their loyalties were wavering. As much as I hated to concede anything to the Terrans, the general was right. We couldn't afford to lose our military species at a time like this. I suppose I could put aside my contempt for the humans for this one mission, if it was necessary to keep the Federation intact. We would deal with the devourers now and handle the humans at a later date. This momentary cooperation would not prevent me from pushing the Terran Union out of the Federation down the road. It was imperative that I did all in my power to sever our connections with them, one by one. While others succumbed to fear of the humans, I would stand strong and preserve our integrity as an organization of peace. Very well, General. Tell the Terrans we'll send our ships. But if they turn on you, don't expect any help from us. Why Humans Avoid War, Part 5 Written by Space Paladin 15 Read by Daniel Million